0: This is Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. When I say the word peace, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? In my head, it's my three-year-old daughter in mass before COVID times looking around at the sign of peace to try to find somebody else with whom she could shake hands or give that big million-watt smile that only she has. Maybe before Rose was born, peace to me meant stillness or quiet. Now, peace means the house is clean, the dishes are done, and she is happily playing in her playroom while Claire is happily playing on a play mat, and I can just have a moment to either have a glass of wine or drink a cup of coffee... I think the concept of peace changes based off of our circumstances in life, based off of what's going on around us, based off of who we're with. Maybe peace to you just means that things are at rest. Maybe peace to you means that conflict is gone. Maybe you don't have a definition of peace or even an understanding of what peace is. Perhaps you've not experienced peace in your life, in which case I'll pray that you do. But this second week of Advent, we think about the virtue, the experience, uh, the word and concept peace, because that's a huge part of the journeying towards Christ's birth. We're hopeful, we anticipate what we know God has promised, that's week one. But in week two, we begin to rest in the reality that God's promise is a good promise. And that what God has offered to us, what God is bringing to us, his own son coming into the world, the incarnation, word made flesh dwelling among us, the soul feeling its worth, as the song says. Well, that's something that brings us rest. That's something that ends conflict. That's something that causes, brings, gives us a stillness. And then in that stillness, we know that he is God. I think talking about peace is important, especially now, especially at the end of 2020, in a year when there hasn't really been a whole lot of peace. I'll happily admit right here on the podcast to everybody who regularly listens, it's been a rough go of it just the past few months, just the past few weeks, just the past couple of days. My daughter's on a nap strike. I have to work in in early morning hours and late night or in the 30-minute naps that she tries to give us. On top of all of that, I've got a gallbladder surgery coming up. I've got a week's worth of radio shows on SiriusXM. I've got regular work things that need to happen. My daughter has to be dropped off and picked up at school. Can you tell pretty quickly that my piece has not really been there? And I say my peace because I'm correct. My peace has been gone. Perhaps because I have not been leaning into his peace. Into paying attention to the peace that only the Lord can bring. And that's what I wanted to talk about today on this episode. How at the end of 2020, when so many things have been difficult and challenging for so many people, how can we restore the Lord's peace in our life? How can we bring peace back to the fore? perhaps foster peace within our families, within our workplaces, within our homes. Bishop Bill Walk, a priest of the Congregation of Holy Cross, who was elevated to the bishophood, I don't think that's the right way to say it, but was made a bishop just a few years ago. Um, He is the bishop of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, where I have quite a a few very, very good friends. And and Bishop Bill, and that's how he prefers to be called, Bishop Bill, I was corrected uh, as we did our interview, um, is a dynamic guy. He's got the pastor's heart that you want a bishop to have. Just a relatable, down-to-earth man who loves Jesus. I had the chance to visit with him right after his retreat. He he went on his annual retreat where he was reflecting on the concept of peace. And so I was able to pick his brain a bit about how we can foster peace in this moment, in our church's history, in our world's history, in our lives, and how the season of Advent, as, as impatient as we might become, or as excited as we are because of the magic of Christmas that's coming, because of the gift of the Incarnation that we know is soon to be celebrated, how peace can play a part in all of that. This is, of course, part of our Advent miniseries for Ave Explorers. You can find last week's episode with Justina Kopp... On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and you can find all of our future episodes by subscribing right to this podcast, Ave Explores. We have 100,000 downloads now, so we're real, we're legit. We hope that you continue to stick around with us and continue to listen to everything that we have to offer you. But right now, I hope you sit back and enjoy this quick conversation with Bishop Bill Walk about peace and advent. Well, Bishop Walk, thank you so much for joining us on Ave Explores.
1: Hello. Great. Great to be with you. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm a big fan, um, not just because you're a Holy Cross bishop, but I love the people in Pensacola, Tallahassee. I'm good friends with quite a few folks in your diocese. Um, So they were they were jealous that I got to hang out with you today, uh, which is a good thing, I think.
1: Uh, I lucked out. I I didn't even know this place existed, you know, before I came (laughs) here as bishop. But um, I think it's the best diocese, the best area of the country right now.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, well, tell us that story, because you are a Holy Cross priest who was in, you were in Austin, Texas, correct? Just kind of correct. pastoring. And wh- what is it like to get the phone call that says, hey, you're going to be a bishop?
1: You know, there's really nothing like it, I think. Well, who knows? I mean, <laughs> women have told me that when they heard they were pregnant, you have experienced that, you know, there's, there's just that, that excitement, that, that, that awe, that amazing feeling. Um, maybe that's close to it. Other people have said that, you know, people in the military getting uh, orders to go somewhere. But just, I was in my last. Well, I now now I know it was my last year, but my eighth <laughs> year as pastor of this great parish in Austin, Texas, St. Ignatius Martyr. And I just finished celebrating the eighth grade graduation mass. It's gone. I had to go fix the air conditioner for the church because I had a wedding and confessions later on that day, and it, it broke. So I was out there, you know, just plugging with the, the buttons. And then this phone call came, and it, I thought it was just spam was in Washington D.C. And I thought, huh, maybe it's the White House. I went, nah, we'll see. So I just said, hello, you know, and had it on my shoulder while I'm working. And then I just heard the voice, and, hello, I am the, the public nuncio to the United States. And I, I just paused and I said, hello, this is Father Bill again. You know, I had no idea. And then he just said, I have a message from Pope Francis. And that's like a punch to god. Like First, I was thinking, I didn't do it. You can't, you can't prove <laughs> I did anything. And, um, just like anything else, you know, you feel guilty. But then, uh, you, you know, after I panicked and asked a lot of questions, that um, are you ready for the news? Sure, because this isn't happening. Said, Pope Francis has chosen you to be bishop of the diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. And I said, could you repeat that, please? <laughs> uh, and that's how it happened, really. And, and he just said, okay. And I, I protested. I said, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a religious. Have you talked to my provincial? And he said, we have a higher authority than your provincial. I tried that. I said, my little brother's a priest, a better priest than I am. How about, is it him? And he said, no, you are William. I said, yes. Finally, he said, well, what is your answer? And um, other bishops have said they asked for, you know, time. Can I have a day? Can I think about it? He doesn't give it. He'll give you a half hour or whatever. But I didn't even ask for that. I just said, yes. <laughs> yes, I will, with the help of God. And he said, okay, you may tell no one in nine days. And that was it. And
0: they, and they just hang asked. up the phone.
1: <laughs> it's Basically, like the... just hung up the phone. And I pushed this button that I didn't even know existed. And all of a sudden, the whole air conditioner worked. Oh, that wow. Was a miracle. <laughs>
0: so what i mean that's i didn't know you had a brother priest that's that's crazy uh your mom's got two sons that have served the church in this capacity but what's that that first night like so now you've been told you're a bishop you can't tell anybody you're just like sitting on this giant news like what was what's the prayer that you prayed like what, what did you ask god for in that moment
1: well, it was kind of like, you know, what we used to call uh, an ejaculatory prayer, you know, just a few words. And uh, it was more, it was less a prayer, I suppose, and more exasperation and wonder. And it was mm-hmm. two words, my God, oh. my God. And so when, when, when uh, finally, when it was all public nine days later, I asked the people in the office there at the parish, I said, did you notice anything or whatever? And they said, well, now that you mention it, every time we walked by your office, you had your head in your hands and you were just saying, my God. <laughs> we had no idea what was going on but so it really was that it was just what are you doing you know and to be totally serious obviously this it just really gave me a new insight into mary and what she, what it must have been like when the angel left her mm. now please understand i'm not putting myself on any <laughs> equal on, on par with mary but just that did this really happen you know that, mm. that wonder and why me and, and oh my god Gosh, how unworthy I am, and they have made a huge mistake, and all of that. (laughs) So yeah, just a lot of prayer, and then with my spiritual director, when I could talk about it, I really started to turn toward wisdom, praying for wisdom, just like Solomon prayed for wisdom when God said, "Ask for anything." Mm -hmm. I thought that's probably the best thing to ask for.
0: So, what have you learned? I mean, you've been a bishop now for a few years. You've Probably expanded the prayer from my God to, you know, specific requests or, or you know, you asking for certain virtues, because it's not easy to be a successor of the apostles. I mean, that's the title, right? Like you've got the weight of a diocese on your shoulders, a diocese that's been through a lot, major hurricanes, in the cone of uncertainty quite a bit. What what have you learned
1: Well, a couple of things. One, and I shared this at the USCCB meeting that, um, first of all, I'm amazed at the level of autonomy that we bishops have, Mm -hmm. that that we are, yes, we're called to be brothers. We are um, brothers with each other, but, and we get together a couple of times, maybe twice a year and a little bit regionally, but otherwise it's, um, it's lonely, Mm. you know, and I don't mean, oh, it's lonely at the top, but it really is a lonely uh, life. I came from a large family of 10 children, went right into a large community, very vibrant, very joyful. Never lived alone until I was a bishop at 50,
0: 49. Wow. And, um,
1: and uh, I found that that it it, it can be very lonely and that I, I, I crave community. I crave being around peers. I love the priests here. They are so supportive, so good to me, and it's great to be together with them and the people and the principals and teachers. But it's uh, having peers. I, my closest peer, you know, is... In Mobile or mm-hmm. or over in St. Augustine, St. Augustine, um, and we don't get together very often. So I've found that, but I've also just found that I, I love being a priest. I'm trying, the way I wrap my mind around this is now I'm a priest for a larger parish, for this diocese, this local mm. church. I'm really trying to be a good and faithful priest.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, loneliness, like I'm thinking of how sometimes it's lonely as a mom. You know, you spend the day with a crying baby who doesn't want to nap. And it's like, I just want to have a conversation with somebody about something besides dinner plans or baby spit up. Like, I just want to, you know, thank God for this job where I get to Zoom people for work. But but in that loneliness, sometimes I find I become... Um, unsettled, right? Like I lose my peace. So in in your loneliness at times, how do you maybe try to maintain, and this is the theme of the conversation, try to maintain peace or foster peace or uh, even maybe build peace for other
1: people? I think what's really important for me and probably for all of us is to find people who can give us that or help us with that peace. You know, goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, there's so much negativity, so much anger and frustration and division in our world, you know, um, not to mention the hardship, the challenges that we face because of the pandemic. And there's so much that that wants to take away that peace. Mm-hmm. And and it makes me, all of us kind of feel like we're out on a little island. Nobody understands me, everyone's against me, but that's not true at all, of course. And when I, what I do then you ask is I, I'll call a friend or a member of my community, or brother bishop, and just just talk—not not unload or dump, but just let's just talk about something other mm-hmm. than negative tweets or you know the pandemic or something like that. Or let's talk about what it's like to be a leader in these times, these days, and surrounding myself with with good people like that, in, both in conversation and prayer, that centers me. That's mm-hmm. how I get my peace back. If you will, yeah. and I try to be that for other people when they call me or.
0: I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Bishop Bill Walk about peace in Advent and in our lives and in our hearts. You can find our entire Advent mini over on AveMariaPress.com. Just click right up at the top; you'll see a banner. Or subscribe to this podcast, Ave Explorers, wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Google Play, Spotify. We'd be grateful for a rating and review. We'd be grateful if you shared the show. And of course, we'd be grateful if you keep listening to this conversation with Bishop Bill. Yeah, I mean, we do. We have we've othered one another. You know, if, if, even if I disagree with you on something very minor, you know, favorite ice cream flavor, it, it can become a wedge, it seems, um, I mean, with the holidays approaching, we just had Thanksgiving and I was seeing it all over the internet. Like, well, if your parents voted for X, Y, or Z, don't go sit at their table, right? Like you shouldn't you shouldn't affiliate with them. Or, you know, like there was a listicle thing I saw on Buzzfeed, 15 ways to bring up a particular topic with a, a family member that you like wanted to try to change their mind, but none of it was like compassionate dialogue. It was all very much like you need to walk into their house and wag your finger and yell at them. And I just, I can't help but think that Obviously, truth and charity is a is a key element. We want to, to teach the truth. We want to advocate for the truth. But is there a peaceful way to do that or a charitable way to do that?
1: I also think, yes, I think that it is to see people as God sees us. It's not easy, but I think we constantly have to work at that. Or just imagine... Imagine what it was like for Jesus. He walked among people and lived among people who despised him, who were threatening him, who probably were spitting at him and throwing things as he passed through their town. And yet he just set his face, it says, like flint and just was compassionate, but also was very determined. I think of any example, like the woman caught in the act of adultery. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible, dramatic, um, awful scene to imagine. This woman, you know, was no doubt naked you know, dragged through the dirt, thrown down in front of Jesus. And you have all these self-righteous men, I guess, um, looking for the sharpest rocks and the biggest rocks to kill her in front of him. And he just wrote in the dirt, it says, I don't know what he was writing. It's fun to imagine. Maybe he was writing murderer and pointing to one of the men or that thief, but who knows? But he rose above all that. He wasn't pulled down. and He was so calm and said, of course, the famous line, the one without sin to be the first one was the stone at her and um and even when she came up to him he he didn't condemn her he just said your sins have been forgiven go and avoid that sin you know? mm. but it wasn't oh these people make me so mad what am I going to do with them but so really I think about that scene a lot I think about Jesus a lot you rise above it doesn't mean you it means nothing you gloss over it but you just cannot get pulled down by all of these things we're we're, we're meant to rise above it. We, we know how this ends. We're, this ends in glory. The Holy Spirit is with us.
0: Yeah. Well, and during Advent too, I feel like the second week of Advent, we're, we're only not even 14 days in, um, walking closer and closer to the manger scene, which I think is the epitome of, of I mean, we say silent night and every mom listening knows that first night with the baby, there's nothing but trying to eat and trying to figure it out and changing diapers. But, but there was a sense of incredible peace that the King was here. How do you celebrate Advent Bishop and and how do you foster peace during this particular
1: liturgical season? It's that it's the liturgical season. I really try to focus on that and it's easy of course, with the um, Liturgy of the hours that that I pray with all religious all priests and many lay people pray every day that kind of really frames the, the liturgical season and the calendar um, it, during masses, you know of course, um, but even more than that, even in just my everyday life, what I'm trying to do is just always keep in mind that it's Advent, you know. Mm. I have a candle in my office. I know the the building manager hates it because we're not allowed to, but I'm the bishop, so he can't, he can't tell me not to, which is great. Um, but I have a candle there and in the house as well. And of course, the Advent wreath, you know, even though I live alone, I have it there and like that. When I eat my cold cereal um, three times a day. It's sad. Oh, no, don't worry. Um... And also even when, and so, but doing things that people think are Christmassy, you know, there are some people who say, oh, we shouldn't put up a tree until the 23rd Mm -hmm. or 24th, you know, you shouldn't put up all these decorations, but wait a minute, actually that all of this is very much connected to Advent, setting up lights. Why do we do that? Because we're lighting the way for the light of the world to come. Mm -hmm. The tree can be a reminder of that we're, you know, what we're going to celebrate is the everlasting life of Jesus. And Christmas cards, boy, I love to send out a lot of cards. That is a way to announce the coming of the Lord, the birth mm. of the Lord. So even doing things like that that are, you know, people would say are, are more really related to Christmas. I keep in mind, this is Advent. I'm preparing to celebrate Christmas. And um, it's hard because I love Christmas like everyone else. Um, I want to listen to Christmas music and don't tell anyone. All right. I'm telling everyone I do uh, from Thanksgiving on. Some people yeah. don't like that, but I just can't help myself. The world's a sad enough place. We need a little Christmas. We
0: need yeah. Especially in 2020.
1: Um, right, exactly.
0: Well, I guess, I, I mean, I, I, lo- I, agree. Our tree went up the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, last year, I think we put it up the week before Thanksgiving because I I was just like, I was headed to Australia for a week. I wanted, I I was like, I'm going to miss it for a week at home. So I'm going to put it up a week early. And our daughter got really excited about it. And then, you know, now it's playing with the nativity set and really trying to, she she demanded that we light all of the Advent candles because Jesus is already here in our hearts. So we've kind of jumped ahead, uh, in three-year-old theology world. But I guess at the end, you know, most of our listeners, uh, They're probably parents with kids or they're young adults in college. Um, At the end of a hard year, uh, you know, 2020 has not been easy. Um, So I guess, you know, last week we talked about hope. This week we're talking about peace. What would be maybe a piece of advice that you have as we're looking to 2021, as we're hopeful about a future that maybe doesn't have all these restrictions and is COVID-free and people are healthy and can travel again? What would be a word of advice uh, to ensure that our coming year is peaceful and is one focused on the peace that Christ brings.
1: Well, you said a word. Can I do two? Yeah, of course. Two thoughts. One is, I love this uh, the the saying the statement by um, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI in Deus Caritas Est, I believe, or maybe it was maybe it was Space Albi, where he said um, the distinctive mark of the Christian is that she or he has a future. Mm. and they know that it's a future full of hope, and it's not a way of escaping this world, but a way of helping us to live well, so we have to remember that we have a future. Sometimes I want to say to people, don't you know how this ends? We're on the winning side. It's a mm. long story. I won't tell it now, but it was a homeless woman who told me that when I was so down one day, um, she was living in a cardboard box. She died in that box, actually, um, mm. shortly after this. She She came to my office and saw that I was kind of down because of all the drugs and prostitution, the mess outside the the building there. And she said, Chaplain, don't you realize, don't you remember how this ends? You're a message of hope. You're a Holy Cross priest. You talk about hope all the time. Lift up your head. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that to to people in Glory's memory, you know, don't you know how this ends? Or as Benedict would say, that the Christian has a future. So that should give us peace in our heart. It doesn't take away all the bad things, but it orients us toward what is sure to come. And then secondly, just more more practical advice, we need to tune out the negative voices. I don't mean you don't listen to your, your sibling or, or friend who is disagrees with you politically or theologically. No, I just mean, I mean, those people who tell us, you know, you're the worst. And believe me, bishops are taking it on the chin right now. You know, you, you're a weak shepherd, you're a false shepherd. You know, if someone actually said, you know, should die and then only yes. when you die will there be full good uh, reform in the church you know ouch right but um but it just tune it out i think and in order to not just tune it out but to fill us with the good read good beautiful things use art in your prayer you know i went on retreat last week and uh, recaptured some of that peace and joy just by being quiet and i read one book uh, Romano Gordini's book, mm. The Last Things, to talk about death and judgment, heaven and hell and the resurrection of the body. And as a 53-year-old man, as a priest for 26 years and a bishop for three, I got new insights. I got mm. so excited. And all of a sudden, I'm like, that's, this is, that's what this is all about, you know? Not about responding to negative tweets or ducking, you know, the criticism and all of that, but but really just remembering God is with us. We know how this ends. And if, if I love people and if I humble myself and serve them, then that's all I can do. And mm-hmm. I think that's what God is asking me and all of us to
0: do. That's perfect. That's a perfect place to end. Um, Bishop, thank you for your, your insights and for your time. Where can we follow you uh, to hear more of what you're doing, of what Pensacola Tallahassee is doing?
1: We have on our, our diocesan website, ptdiocese.org. PT is for Pensacola Tallahassee. Um, my Instagram, I, I'm not that good at that, but anyway, my Instagram is uh, Bishop Walk, I believe. Wach, awesome. W- B-I-S, Bishop, and then W-A-C-K. <laughs> Looks like well, Wack, sounds like Wack.
0: We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Thank you so much, Bishop.
1: Great. God bless you. Thank you.
0: I've had the weird privilege in my life of being in a lot of rooms with a lot of bishops. And let me tell you, Bishop Bill, he's one of the good ones. Um, A couple of years ago, I had the remarkable honor of addressing the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops about youth and young adult ministry in America and in the world today after I went to the pre synod in Rome um, with 300 other hand picked young adults. Uh, So, long story short, I I, am addressing the bishops, and and afterwards, um, there was a a chance to go to Mass with all the bishops of the United States, and um, I didn't even realize how privileged i was to be standing in the room at the moment of course i do now but bishop bill came up to me after the presentation as i was headed towards the escalators to to get on the bus to go to mass and he walked up to me and he he, i don't even know if he remembers this um he put his hand on my shoulder and he said that was lovely please let me know if there's anything i can ever do to help and he didn't make it a specific like to help with youth and young adult ministry to help with x y or z it was just to help which is why we got him on the podcast. I called him up and said, Hey, I need your help. I want to talk about peace. As we are in this Advent mini series, I, I hope that you're reflecting and pondering on the themes of the Advent season hope, peace, next week, joy, after that, charity. And of course, we have a Christmas episode because you can't do an Advent mini series without also getting to Christmas. We wanted to unpack and explore what it really means to intentionally and purposefully walk through the season of Advent. Maybe you still want to do that, in which case you should hop on over to AveMariaPress.com. There's some excellent Advent resources that you can still get. We're only in week two. There's still plenty of time to intentionally walk through this season. My husband and I wrote a book for youth and young adults, Advent and Christmas, One Day at a Time for Catholic Teens. You can grab that for $2. There's the Living Gospel Daily Reflections talking about the season of Advent. You can find all sorts of things, maybe even just regular spiritual reading that can help you throughout this season. I would encourage you, maybe, to take some time today to just sit in quiet, to maybe think about conversations that you need to have to restore peace within your family, within your home, and to ask the Lord intentionally to bring peace into your life. I think that's what Bishop Bill would recommend. I know that's what I got out of our conversation. I'm grateful that you listened this week to Ave Explorers Advent miniseries with Bishop Bill, and I hope you come back next week for a conversation with Kelly Walquist about joy. Go follow Ave Maria Press on Instagram. The link is down in the show notes. And you can find all of our exclusive social media content, as well as some other really cool things that we're working on over at Ave Maria Press. Thanks so much for listening this week. We'll see you soon.